And I talk about some of that in the book, how to love on people that are going through that, that you love, because you can't, you, you just, a, a lot of times I think people don't do things because they just don't know what to do or what to say. Not that they don't care, but they're just not sure. So I really just think the biggest thing is just presence, mm -hmm. just being there. Hi friend. Welcome to another episode of the 8,000 Promises podcast. I'm your host, A.D. Tilford. I'm a Jesus-led, trauma-informed educator, leader, and writer, serving God in my local community and church. If you believe, like I do, that this world needs safe spaces to talk about God, faith in action, and complex topics so that transformative change can take place, this podcast is for you. You'll hear from a range of guests, experts in fields of psychology and faith, and everyday friends with meaningful stories to tell. In this series, you'll hear deep conversation and supplemental writings from people who are amplifying voices, partnering with God in ways that help others know that God sees and hears every person, including you. So when you're ready, lean in and embrace what God has for you today. Let's go. Hi there, it's Adie. Jumping on real quick to share a couple of things before we dive into today's episode with Tracy Miles. She and I talk about how to support yourself and others in the midst of divorce. We talk about the writing process and how it can help you see God incidents. And of course, we talk about the power of your testimony in moving forward in kingdom work. But before that, did you know that I had a birthday this week? Yeah, I'm another year older. Do you know what I would love for my birthday? I would love for someone new to hear the podcast. So as a gift to me, would you consider sharing this episode with someone you think might like it? Maybe an aspiring writer, author, or speaker. Maybe someone who's in the midst and struggle of divorce. Maybe someone who's learning how to share their story, even just in small ways for the first time, or maybe somebody who already has that down but remembers the journey to get there. Let's help other men and women move forward in changing the world one testimony at a time. Thank you for celebrating my birthday by sharing the gift of hope that comes through sharing a story in a safe space. Also, just a quick reminder that there is a survey to take to help give feedback for future episodes of the podcast. And of course, I need to continue saying thank you to TIL Construction for financially sponsoring this podcast. You know, my husband's the owner of TIL Construction, and so I am truly grateful that he's willing to support me in this work. My guest today is someone who has been a champion in my journey as I'm learning to share my story. She is also the very person who helped me understand what it actually means to have a marketing plan in a book proposal. <laughs> and she has pushed me to get more real in my writing in really kind ways. Little by little, I am getting there with the help of Tracy's wisdom that for her has come through a beautiful personal journey. Tracy Miles is the author of seven best-selling books, and she has another one coming out this summer. 
She is a writing and author coach through her business, Tracy Miles Author Coaching Services. She's the director of Compel Writers Training at Proverbs 31 Ministries, a member of the International Proverbs 31 Devotion Writers Team, which reaches 1.5 million people per day with God's Word, and the founder of the Living Unbroken Divorce Recovery Program. Tracy has three grown children, plus a daughter and son-in-law, and she lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. Friends, I am so thankful you showed up today. Enjoy this conversation with my friend and writing coach, Tracy Miles. Hello, Tracy. Hi, Haiti. How are you? Uh, I'm doing really well, really well. It's been a, a full little season here, and uh, it's a, a good day to get to talk with a friend. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's been a busy summer, lots of projects went on, and just, I can't believe it's already, you know, this far along in the summer. <laughs> I know, I know. And then we're recording for an entirely different season, which is really a funny thought. I haven't done that before. Right. <laughs> so that's also new for me. But it's good. I'm excited for thinking about how to set up a more sustainable system for podcasting. So that's part of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the reasons I really want to do on as a guest is because you've been a really integral person in my journey for thinking about how to market, how to create sustainability, how to use the time that we have in a really effective way so that we can still enjoy the lives that are all around us. So uh, thank you for coming on 8,000 Promises. This season is going to be all about amplifying or increasing the volume and intensity for people and their stories. And so I'm, I'm really thinking about well, actually, at She Speaks, attended She Speaks virtually, and Tracy, as you heard, is part of running the She Speaks conference, and um, they had just uh, so many incredible speakers this summer, and one of the messages that really dug down into my heart was that every single person matters. And that came in a lot of different spaces for me that we need to be focusing on the person in front of us and loving the person in front of us, but she speaks really solidified it. And so from that, I really wanted to get into how God sees every single one of us and hears every single one of us. And so I can't think of a better person to start this season than someone who has walked her own journey of pain and heartache and has learned how to let other people see her and hear her story in an effort or, and in a successful effort to give God glory in redemption and healing of her mm -hmm. journey. And also who partners with women one-on-one -on -one in so many spaces, designing spaces that allow women to find connection and feel seen and heard, but then especially to provide such incredible coaching. So I'm really excited to have you be our first guest, Tracy. Oh, thank you. Excited to be here. With that said, we're going to play a little tiny game just to start. It's the, would you rather most people know this game? It's okay. my question. 
<laughs> I can handle it. <laughs> but I think sometimes the way we answer would you rather really helps us see somebody or have make a connection or laugh together. And I think that's so important. Yeah. So here's our would you rather question for today. Would you rather plan your birthday celebration every year for the rest of your life with no help? Or would you have one more party planned for you by other people, but that's the last one you get for the rest of your life? I would definitely pick number one. Yeah. I like planning. I like organizing. I like doing events, but also you have something to look forward to every single year. I I totally would pick number one. Oh, and I'm, I don't, I actually feel like I like it when I organize my party. If my husband listens and he probably should at some point, I think he can plan some parties for me. That's totally cool. But <laughs> I would definitely pick number one as well. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Well, Tracy, you know, I've given a little bio of you, but would you help our listeners know a little bit more about Tracy Miles, just a snapshot of who you are and, and a little bit of your journey? Sure. Well, I've been speaking of She Speaks. My whole journey started with She Speaks in 2005, which seems like another lifetime at this point. But I had been serving in women's ministry for about six years. And through that, my church paid for me to go to She Speaks because they had a women's ministry track. And so it just turned out to be a life altering experience, just the worship and the speakers and just the stories that they shared. And I ended up quitting my corporate job the following week because I had been in just such turmoil over this position that I was in. It was a high level corporate job. I was, my very first book was birthed out of that job because it was called Stress Left Living. <laughs> and so I wouldn't have been able to write that book had I not had that job experience. But after going to She Speaks, I started kind of dabbling in doing speaking, started my own speaking ministry. Then I got to be a member of the Proverbs 31 Ministries speaker team. Then I did that for several years, and then I kind of felt called to start writing, and so I started that. And so long story short, since then to now, I have seven books that are out, um, a divorce recovery program that I'm really excited about, and I have a new book that's releasing next July, and it's called God's Got You. Mm. Oh my gosh, God's Got You. I can't wait. That's the quickest I've ever told my 17-year journey. <laughs> I am really impressed by that snapshot. <laughs> I feel like I was thinking about too, that word choice when I wrote the question. I was thinking that might actually be something that would help. I don't know, help you delineate. Like these are the things yeah. if I'm giving the snapshot. Yeah. Well, yeah. what an incredible career. You've definitely greatly impacted my life. And um, I've actually had a couple of guests on the last two seasons. I had some girls from our Lisa Turker's uh, boot camp, book proposal boot camp. Let mm -hmm. me say that again. Yeah, it's from hard our, to say. <laughs> from our Lisa Turker's book proposal boot camp. Yes. And Tracy was my coach in that program. And I picked her because I researched each of the different coaches. And when I was researching Tracy's books, the two that really stood out to me, Stressed Less Living stood out to me, but your very, your other, it must not be your first book. Um, I was thinking well, that was, book. that was officially the first book. I had one book prior to that. That's in book heaven now. Thank goodness. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. And then after that, I had, you know, the different ones. Was the other one, it was about telling about the pain of your past and how, there's the one after that is called Your Life Still Counts. Yeah, that one. It's about turning your past into a purpose. Yeah, that was the second one. Yeah, and I still haven't read it. I realized when I was getting ready for this interview, 
I still haven't read that book, but that is the book that made me pick you. Oh, <laughs> you know. I remember thinking, okay, she gets it that telling this kind of story that's about really hard things. She gets that it's not easy. And so she might be a safe person for me to start with as I'm exploring telling a story or telling what I've learned from the journey I've been on. And so uh, that was a well, I've always felt it a blessing that God opened all these doors for me to write, but it's also kind of felt like it's a curse because mm-hmm. I'm just, I feel called to share so vulnerably and just so much all the time. And I'm like, why do I have to share this? But it always turns out, you know, to, to be to his benefit and also anyone that reads the books where I can really connect on a, you know, just a deeper, more personal level with my readers. Yeah. And I, I think you're really good at helping other people figure out how to do that too. I remember in the boot camp writing, you know, a story, I felt fairly comfortable writing and your feedback was so kind. This is great writing. This story is so beautiful. And also there's something else that you're not telling, you know, and what is it? What is it that you're not telling? And just getting me to the point where I could say, okay, I have, if I want to actually help people, I have to get into the places that have been the hardest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, and access. So yeah, that's, <laughs> which, okay. So you, there, my- you, just have to, you just have to not think about is my neighbor going to read it? Is so-and-so <laughs> going to read it? What are they going to think? You know, people are going to judge me. You just can't think about that. You just have to write what you feel called to write and share, you know, the truths that have happened. And that's, that's what will help other people and impact their lives. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And that is really tricky when you, I mean, I said, God, I never want to talk about the abuse. I never want to talk about the hardest parts of my story. And Mm -hmm. God has said, it's fine. You don't have to. And also there's a need, like there's a need for people to hear that you can live a really beautiful life even when things started hard or not so great. So yeah, that's basically the crux of how my whole journey started with that. She speaks is, is within that same timeframe in a worship session, I heard God say, go and share. It was just those words. I mean, it was like reverberating from the ceiling in my mind. It was that Mm -hmm. loud, but it took me five years to have the courage to actually Cause I'm like, I don't want to share that story. I don't want anyone to know what has happened or what I did. And so five whole years. And then finally it got to the point to where, okay, I'm called to do this. And then it's been a great journey. It's encouraging to know that other people <laughs> resist. Procrastinate. Yeah. And I, yeah. it makes sense that we would resist. It's really scary and vulnerable. And I feel like some of what I've had to learn is that God is so trustworthy with my story. Mm-hmm. that because I've gotten a chance to process with a lot of mental health professionals first. Now I'm not just, he's not, he didn't ask me ever to talk about it until I had done all of that other work first. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really a trustworthy God that says, I will wait until you've done the messy in private. And I remember listening to one of Lisa Turker's teaching on compel where she was talking about how you, when you know you're ready to tell your story and it was about like 
that you're not just processing and integrating anymore, but you're actually sharing wisdom from what you've learned. And I remember the, I think I heard it twice. And the first time I was like, I am in the mess. I am not like, nope, I'm not. I don't have to write it. (laughs) (laughs) But then the next time sort of being in a whole different place and saying, oh my goodness, I think, I think, and that's when I applied for the, the boot camp. actually was after that. So yeah, just a, a crazy wild ride. Okay. So our, our word is amplify. I want to talk a little bit about what that means to you. I was looking at the, I was looking at it at first, the first definitions that came up were around music. And I, I was thinking, oh, that's interesting that this word has sat with me for several months. So that's why I kind of came back to it. And then I looked at, I said, okay, well, it actually means to increase the amount of, to become more marked or intense. And the first time I heard it, at thinking about it, when we help people learn how to use their voices, I had been reading um, Shane Claiborne's book, The Irresistible Revolution. And he kind of addresses this message that we're supposed to be the voice for the voiceless as Christians. But he says, no, actually every person has a voice and it's better for us to amplify voices. And I loved that thought. I loved that thought so much because especially coming from early life trauma, one of the things I think God has really been stretching me in all of this work is that I have a voice that I should be using. And so to find coaches or partners or, um, yeah, just leaders who are saying, yes, your voice matters and continuing to walk alongside me as God is encouraging me to find that, you know, I think that it really resonates with me. And then I think about getting to do that for other people. That's really powerful. So when you think about your story and your ministry and your daily life, what do you hear when you hear that word or that concept of amplify? Well, I think because I've spent so many years telling stories, telling mm-hmm. other women's stories, I try to include a lot of different stories and perspectives and angles in all of my books because they don't need to all be about Tracy. <laughs> so I just like to see how everyone else is handling things and doing things. Then probably just the whole storytelling because and encouraging other women to, to tell their story. And that's one of the big things that I hear as a coach, especially with aspiring writers or authors that are just getting started is, well, there's already a billion books out there yeah. about this story, but it may be the same topic, but it's not the same story because mm-hmm. only you had your experience, your God moments, you know, the miracles that happened throughout the time, the sequence of events of how you can see how things were divinely orchestrated over months or years or decades. And so nobody can tell your story. And so when I think about Amplify, I probably think about exactly what you just said, because I am a word girl. And that's what I focus on is helping people share their stories and their voices through their words. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I can't even, I can't even put into words right now, just how, um, how important it is well, how important it's been to me. And I would imagine if anyone else listening is in that space of thinking, I, I know I have this story. I definitely, I, that wrestle, I still feel it, even though, I mean, I feel like I've had great teaching on the fact that 
my story is unique. I still feel it when I read someone else's or I listen to another podcast or, and I think, oh, they're doing it so much better. You know, that, that comparison piece. But if I truly believe that every story matters, the one right in front of you, then I can lean in and say, yeah, the words, the words where people get to hear your testimony, that's, there is power in that. There's incredible power in that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So you've talked a little bit about how you have seven books, you're, you're an author and how you got into that. When you think about each of the different seasons, I mean, is that 17 years that you've been approximately yeah yeah having this shit like 17 years what are some of the lessons that you think are really important for you to share now you know as you go through and think about and reflect on that journey I think just trust God in the process and look for him I could give you countless examples if we have plenty of time of dates that coincided of things that happened on in miraculous timing that I couldn't have planned or couldn't have just been irony. I don't believe in irony at all. I believe everything's a God incidence and not a coincidence. Mm. So I think that's one of the biggest things I've always learned is each step of the way, even in the past number of years after I got divorced, and I was going to share another story with you a little bit later, but there's just the timing of events always blows me away. And so it's almost just like in your face, God saying, I was at work. I was doing these things. You just didn't know it yet. So that'd probably be my number one. Yeah. So when you think about being at the place you are now, where you can trust that everything you see is a God incidence, which I love that God incidence, not coincidence. Um, how, how would you say you have seen that progression happen? Because, or maybe you always have been able to see that it's God. I think that's something um, I'm still learning. I mean, I think I'm way farther than I used to be. I just, I get excited every time. I'm like, whoa, look at God working. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, each of my books that I'm writing, as I mentioned, have stemmed out of my own personal experiences. But one thing that I've always done is part of my healing process and my growing process is happening while I'm writing. So I never write a book from a place of, I have come and conquered (laughs) and you know I've got this whole thing figured out I've never written a book from that place so just the process of writing the books has always helped me kind of get from one stage to the next and it's also that's a lot of times where I will see these eye-opening experiences that I would have never noticed before because it's just daily life and you're going about you know doing your thing but as I've looked back and years ago, I did a Beth Moore study and she talked about doing a timeline of your life. And so I, and this was eons ago, yeah. but I started doing this timeline of my life and literally ended up in tears on the couch that day because I could see specific dates of things that happened in my life and specific dates of things that happened in the country that happened in relationships. It, it was just almost like you, you wrote it out and it wouldn't even be real because it was so got incidental. So each of the books has really helped me to just kind of see over time as I look back and as I'm going through the writing and the healing process, how God has been at work, even though I didn't realize it at the time. 
So the actual writing of the books is what has built your trust and yeah. your faith that God is working. And so now you can approach life knowing that that's happen happening because you've spent so much time in that reflective writing space. Yeah. That's cool. That's so cool, Tracy. <laughs> I did that same timeline, but very recently. So I wonder if she incorporated it into a new study because it was from one of her newer studies. Oh, she may have because it was really popular at the time. Yeah, and it it's a new one. I mean, just like within the last two years mm -hmm. and I blogged, I actually shared my timeline with my Bible study group. And then I blogged it because they were like, that's really like, you should do it. But I, there was so cool that I'm just, you're saying this because that exact same thing happened to me where I had this encounter with God at about the same age that someone started abusing me. And, but I had never tied the two times together mm -hmm. until that exercise when I did that. And I was like, that story has been such a faith solidifier for me that God showed up for me in that moment. And it just really was like, God was, he's been in it with me from the beginning. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know? Yeah. Wild. That's so cool. Okay. So is there a particular book? I know, I'm not sure when your newest one, God's Got You. I'm so excited you can tell us the title. That's fun. I don't know when that one's coming out, but is there a particular book you'd really like to give us a little more insight in? As yeah. Well, the new book comes out next July. Ooh, yeah, so it's, it'll be here before we know it. Yeah. I think The Living Unbroken, which was a couple years ago, and then The Living Unbroken Divorce Recovery Workbook, that's probably the nearest and dearest to my heart yeah. because- just having gone through such a difficult, traumatic divorce and everything that came along with it, I just, I personally needed a resource. I, I was scouring the Amazon and all the different places for books or anything. And there was just nothing really faith-based for women to help you get through a divorce. They were all about marriage or dating or finances or legalities and not just something that said, you know, I understand. And here's what you're feeling. And we're going to get to this together. And that's really what I needed. And the book has been really popular. And my prayer is that over time, we're still trying to infiltrate churches just all over the nation, but because there's not any divorce support recovery groups, just for women, there's other divorce programs. And I've been to some of those and they were fine, but just to be in a safe place and you know, have this seven week study. It's got seven weeks of videos just to be able to sit with other people that understand what you're going through and just to be that support group for you. So I think that's really important. And the two prior to that, I wasn't quite ready to share all the gory details <laughs> about everything. So this, this kind of goes back to healing while writing, but I was having such a hard time just with my mindset because I was just destroyed after everything that had happened. And so I wrote this book at the time. I didn't even know what the title was going to be, but called Unsinkable Faith. And it's all about transforming your thought patterns. And so I had to learn how to shift my thoughts because I was just staying in the, in the mess and I couldn't get myself out of it. And so that book was really helpful for me. And it's been one of my most popular ones. Love Life Again came after that because then I was at a stage where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to stop being miserable. 
<laughs> I'm ready to figure out, you know, what these new beginnings are going to be, which is what my brand new book is all about. It's all about embracing new beginnings and new seasons of life with courage and confidence. So it's just, it's an interesting progression to see the different topics of the books and kind of how they've come out. And I've walked out basically my whole journey, which you can read about in all the books, just one by one. Yeah, I was just thinking how fun it could be to, well, to think about the progression of life, mm -hmm. because each of us, whether whatever the hardships that we do encounter, we do have this progression. So there's something really special in that. You have shown a progression of seasons of how to overcome the trouble of the world and these really, really challenging and shame-filled experiences like and I I mean I guess when you were talking about the divorce book and I, you could can answer this or not but I was just thinking about first of all we're in 2023 and why when did you write that 2019 I mean I remember it coming out what in the heck there aren't resources for recovery from divorce okay what does that say about what we're missing as believers, as faith communities for how we're wrapping around people who have the hardest stories happening, like that person right in front of you. Mm -hmm. So bravo a, because I bet writing that was not necessarily easy. Yeah. I'm like getting teared off. About it. <laughs> I had to relive a lot of, a lot of ugly moments in order just to, you know, kind of crack that story. Yeah. And it sounds super important that it's finding its way into faith spaces so that, so that believers get to have care wrapped around them when they're enduring really hard things. Nobody ever gets married thinking they're getting divorced. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And I do think that, man, it's a, that's just so tricky because the Christian, I mean, it feels like to me, the Christian faith is saying, nope, don't ever get divorced. I mean, I know that's changing some, but I don't know. Do you want to talk a little bit about that part of the journey for you? And I do think that's really hard. I had gone to the same church for 20 years with my former husband and our kids and just, they'd all grown up. They were very active. And then once the marriage fell apart, they were still all wonderful people. No one did anything to me, but no one did anything for me. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't a place where I really felt comfortable. I couldn't go sit in my couple Sunday school class or in the same pew where we'd been sitting for 20 years. I just didn't feel comfortable with that. No one really reached out to me. We didn't have any programs or support groups. I couldn't go join the seniors. I couldn't go join the singles. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just a really, so it's just kind of pushed under the rug. Like, oh, we'll pray for you. And I'm sorry that happened, but one of the things I talk about in Living Unbroken is kind of mourning the death of the living mm -hmm. because you are mourning the loss of someone that's not passed away. They're just no longer in your life. Yeah. And you're mourning the life that you had, even though it was far from perfect, but just that normalcy that no one sending you Hallmark cards or bringing you casseroles or <laughs> any of those things like you do, but the stages of grief is exactly the same. And that was really where my heart was in writing this book is just to let women know that it's okay. God doesn't condone divorce, but there are times when it needs, you know, needs to happen <laughs> or it's unavoidable or it's circumstances are out of your control and it doesn't make you any less worthy to God. It doesn't make you any less of a good Christian, yeah. any less having a purpose, any less accepted. 
it's just finding the places and kind of rebuilding your life where you feel feel comfortable. But I do think the churches, which is why I did this divorce recovery workbook program, because there needs to be something in place yeah. for these women so that, and it's happening every week of every year. Of, yes. of every day. <laughs> so it's not good, like, it's just going to be an empty class. It may, you know, be in first with different churches, but there's a lot of churches that, uh, you know, invite all communities. It's not even just church members. Right. So I, I think if we can start really getting that word out there, that that could be a really great program for women. Yes. And you can also do it as an individual. It doesn't have to be in a group. Oh, yeah. Okay. It, it has a group leader's information in it, but you could also do it. Like, let's say some people, they're not comfortable going and sitting in a group and crying and sharing their heart. Yeah. You can do it in your own home and still get the same benefit out of it. But it's always good to have some sisters around. Yes. Well, I'm just thinking about the, the trauma-informed church, the the church that where Jesus would say, we have to take care of those who are hurting, those who are wounded, those who are feeling so broken because of the circumstances of the world or how life has panned out so differently. I really appreciate you saying like, <laughs> I went through all the exact same stages of grief and loss. Mm-hmm but not one casserole showed up at my door. Yeah. Right. And I think, how can we do that better as, as sisters and, and brothers, you know, I hope there's some guys listening to this too, but well, I'm going to have Priscilla come and talk on the podcast this season as well. And I know she is really an advocate for building a trauma-informed church. And I had uh, Spencer Owen on last in season two. He also is an advocate for that. And that's something that God has continued to just, well, kind of in a dual way, it should be a Jesus-informed church, but Jesus was all about caring for people in their trauma or after their trauma, you know? And so that's been, it's just important to me. So I'm didn't know this was where this conversation was going to go, but I am thinking about what might be some practical ways for those of us who have not gone through something like divorce, but our good friend is going through this. How can we love on our sister in a way that is meaningful and, and helpful? Well, that's one good thing about the living unbroken book, just the trade book is so many people have read it because they have a friend going mm -hmm. through that. And they just, there's no way you can understand, even if you, you don't have to know all the details, but there's just no way you can understand what's truly happening in someone's heart and mind and just the fears and the, the heartache and all of those things. So that book has been a really helpful tool for people to learn. And I talk about some of that in the book, how to love people that are going through that, that you love, because you can't, you just, a lot of times I think people don't do things because they just don't know what to do or what to say. Not that they don't care, but they're just not sure. So I really just think the biggest thing is just presence, mm -hmm. just being there. You already feel isolated and cut off from everything. You know, you have couples friends and now that that's not going to work anymore. <laughs> you know, your church is maybe community groups or social groups, any, any, everything has changed completely. And you already feel isolated enough. So when people kind of step back because they're not sure what to do, that's that's sending the worst signal, but also it does more damage than maybe being with them and accidentally saying the wrong thing. Okay. <laughs> that really, you just need that, that love and support and that friendship. 
Yeah. So I'm thinking you have to be a casserole, but you know, just let somebody know you're thinking about them. I might be bringing casseroles to some people. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I've actually, I mean, I, I think that's a great ministry move for just about anybody who's going through a, a grieving. I just read a, I loved it. A, I don't know. It was a social media post about grief groceries. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was like, yeah, that that's exactly it. It's part of the grocery store gospel is to when, whatever your friend is grieving whether it's a miscarriage or whether it's a a failed adoption or whether it's, you know, an actual death in the family, whether it's divorce and and the loss of a marriage. One way that we can definitely show up is by feeding people, right? And Jesus (laughs) again and again, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Mm -hmm. We can feed our friends when they, and I would say for us, we've had that too, people feeding us when things were hard. And so I think that's a beautiful move. Anybody that's feeling like this is pulling at your heartstrings to feed somebody, go do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, a, a gift card or whatever, feed some people. But I think about, I don't know, that just, I'm going to get that book. I have, I hadn't actually thought that that was like high on my, like I wanted to read other ones, but I might, no, I need to read that. If I am someone who cares about women who, especially, you know, when you have early life adversity, like maintaining relationships, it's just trickier. Right. And so you, I know that that can end up being where then you have ruptured relationships later in life. And so I think it's really important. Yeah. Thanks. Look at you inspiring me in ways I wasn't ready for. <laughs> so good. Okay. Well, so then take us into your coaching. Speaking of your inspirational abilities, Take us into your coaching and the services you offer and just, I guess, what do you want listeners to know about you as a coach and why they should have a coach? And maybe I should just preface this with, I was a instructional coach for part of my educational career. I believe so strongly that every person should have a coach in whatever it is that they are passionate about. So uh, that's why I invested in myself and trusted myself with you because I felt you were trustworthy, but also I know I was, it was worth it to me to get better at my craft. And I knew I would do that faster with a coach. Yeah. Yep. Well, when I, after it kind of all snowballed into where I am today, but after I got divorced and well, before, before the divorce was even um, finalized, (laughs) But I became completely financially independent and I had not worked full time in many, many years because I've been doing the speaking and the writing and, you know, raising my kids. And so I was left in a very, very dire um, financial situation. And so for months I was looking for a job and I was still trying to write. I was under this two book deadline in the midst of this horrific situation I was going through. So I was still trying to do that, but I had applied for a job at Proverbs 31 where I'd been volunteering, like I said, since like 2006 or something and ended up getting the job at Compel Training, which is, okay. you know, a membership site for writers on my birthday. And I thought, well, that's a God incidence right there. Yes. <laughs> Pretty amazing. So I've been working with writers. Uh, it'll be almost seven years mm-hmm. in, at the end of this year in that capacity. And then during COVID, and it was about that time when we started doing the book proposal boot camp. So I did several of those semesters with several different groups of women and just loved that. And so I just kind of sparked this little passion, like 
I really, really like working with women one-on-one. And I actually have some male clients also, but they're primarily women. Great. And you know, it's helping them get their story out and get it in writing and help them get a book proposal that's going to catch a publisher's attention. And so I just really started pouring my efforts into that. And for about a year, I was working on my website to launch that. And I hesitated and I procrastinated. And should I do it? And I don't know. What if it's a big flop? Nobody wants to hire me. You know, all of those doubts. But the day I finally sent the email announcing, hey, I've been working on this. And, you know, all of that just kind of made it public. I realized it was like seven years to the day from when my husband had left. And I, there again, I just sat there and almost started crying. Because, you know, in the Bible, seven years talks all about just full circle completion. And that was just such a God moment. So I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe this is a good, a good move. And I'm not hearing God incorrectly. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah. Since then. And just really enjoy working with all the different people, their stories, everybody's story, like we've already established is just so unique and the styles of writing and everything. So I have a bunch of authors now that I've worked with that are published or being published. So that's, yeah. And hopefully one day I'll be one of them. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I just I mean, I can't say enough about how much I've loved working with Tracy. And so her website's gonna be linked in the show notes. So if that's something of interest to you, whether you're wanting to get published or not, finding a coach to help you tell your story is probably a really great starting point if this is resonating. I want to learn how to tell my story. I want to learn how to put these hard parts into words. And so just partnering with somebody can really be a great gift to yourself. Mm-hmm. And then as God leads it to being a gift to the world, it will definitely at least be a gift to you, which is a gift to the people who live with you. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. Well, Tracy, is there anything else today that you really want to talk about or share? No, I just appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. Thank you. Oh my goodness. I feel so honored that you would give me some of your time to be on the show. It's not to be a great day for this. So, well, that is so good. I'm so glad. And so we'll just head into our final question for the season. And I love it. Actually, I feel like our whole conversation was about this. This morning, I started reading a book about Sabbath and making Sabbath holy. And there was a reference to another book that I haven't read called Making Sunday Special. The author is Karen Burton Main. And one of the practices that she does with her family is that at their Sabbath dinner, they talk about a God hunt. And I, it struck me because in my whole season two, I was looking for like a treasure hunt. And I sort of have felt God talking to me about the treasure you will find is me as you do this, which I love because that's essentially what you just said about your own journey around the stories that you've told is that you have discovered God's trustworthiness and his faithfulness through writing each of these stories. And I think that's such a, that is such a treasure. Mm -hmm. So our final question, that was a big lead in. Sorry about that. But our final question is to think about a God hunt because it builds capacity for us to see God at work. And I wonder if the more that we recognize God at work and his, and God moves and God incidents in our lives, if there's more trust and faith that he sees us. 
right? That we are seen. And there's this promise that he sees us. He hears our voices when we cry out to him. And so as we can recognize those moves, can we also trust that he sees us? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So would you tell us, uh, you've already told us several from your life, but can you give us like a God move that you've seen recently? Well, yeah, I told you some of the main things that <laughs> come to the top of my mind, but I guess just this coaching business has been a blessing. So I, I can see God's hand in that. And there are several other things that I'm pursuing just on a personal level and things are happening that I didn't think would even happen. And so I've just kind of learned to set, set my goals. I'm a huge proponent of goals. <laughs> I have a whole goal setting package actually from on coaching and it's primarily focused on writing, but I guess it, it really could be for anything because that's so important. And then you set those goals, you strive to achieve them, and then you trust that God's going to be in them. And things just kind of fall into place. And so I can't name five specific examples off the top of my head, but I've seen it happen time and time again, for sure. And you think, oh, God really was listening to that prayer. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you gave so many examples. One thing that I thought of when I was thinking about you was when in your Stressed Less Living book, you give a story about writing. It was like somebody gave you verses of God in a box and Mm -hmm. you were on your bed and you had read through them with your name and that all of a sudden you were surrounded on the bed with these little verses, these papers that had verses of God's love for you, his, how much he treasured you and that you had this image and thought Mm -hmm. I'm in the lap of God. I was sobbing. I was like crying, 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 but I just, that, I don't, that story to me is yeah. Would you add a, a scripture, a scripture box? I think is what I called it. Yeah. And what I didn't share in the book at that time was that my marriage situation was really bad. And this was years and years before we even separated. So that that's just been a really long, arduous journey, but I am on the other side of that and happier now than I was before. So I wouldn't go back for anything, but it's interesting to me too. When I go back and look at my older books the things that happened the things I didn't share I know what was going on but you know you mm-hmm. don't want to share sometimes you just don't share a bunch of details and um that was that was a really powerful God moment for sure yeah and thinking about yeah. even when the rest of our life can be crumbly and falling apart God was holding you in his lap that whole time yeah, for sure that's really that's really beautiful thank you Thank you for sharing so many God moments and your gifts with the world and saying yes to letting yourself be seen and saying yes to walking with others so that they can be seen. Yep. Thank you. Thank you again, Tracy, for your reflections and insights that can help guide us toward transformation. I love how the messages in the podcast tend to minister to me even when I edit. My transformational treasure today is the reminder that Tracy has written a book and a curriculum designed to help us care for our brothers and sisters who are entering a story they never wanted, divorce. 
On the same day that I edited this episode, I also learned of a friend who was entering the journey of divorce. And so the reminder from Tracy about how to care for our friends who are getting divorced came in a really timely way. So I ordered her book and I haven't started reading it yet, but I'm looking forward to building more resources to be a friend to friends in need. Let's be a Jesus-informed church. Let's love on the people in our lives who are hurting deeply. You can connect with Tracy on her blog at www.tracymiles.com. That's T-R-A-C-I-E-M-I-L-E-S.com. On her Facebook author page, facebook.com backslash P31 Tracy Miles. And on Instagram, instagram.com backslash Tracy Miles. Of course, you can find me on Instagram at 80 Tilford Writes, Facebook, 80 Tilford Author, and at my website, 80tilford.com. And of course, all of those links are right in the show notes. So you don't have to even type anything in. Just go down and click to find either of us. If you want to keep up with tips for living into the promises for your life and the latest news on the pod, please subscribe to my newsletter. In the show notes, you'll see a few different freebies, the Rule of Life printable, the Harvest Reflection Guide printable, or another way to stay connected with my writing is my new substack called Anamkara by A.D. Tilford. That's A-N-A-M-C-A-R-A by A.D. Tilford. 8,000 Promises is produced and published by me, A.D. Tilford. I need to always say thank you to my family for letting me pursue this dream for a little while instead of working a typical 7 to 3 teaching gig. If you would like to help me turn this dream into a career, would you consider supporting the podcast financially? You can do it through the link in the show notes. You can financially support the podcast through the link in the show notes. Or you can reach out to me for an advertising spot that I would love to honor you with. So with that said, may awesome things happen for you in this hard and holy day. Talk to you next time.